Are we ready yet? Now I know some God's been too good to you to be sitting there letting me stand up here looking like I'm crazy. So we're gonna get a little bit of, get a little, it's nine o'clock in the morning, come on now. Are we ready? Has God been good to you? What about you? Has God been good to you? Can I tickle my eyes with the word of God this morning? It's really, I, I, you know, it's not like I don't know what we're, what we're supposed to say, but I just want to tickle my eyes and let me tickle your ears with this. Honor the, honor the Lord, you heavenly beings. Honor the Lord for his glory and strength. Honor the Lord for the glory of his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Lord, have mercy. Are we ready? Are we ready to go? Choir, band, let's go! Come on, Cathedral. Let everything have it. Praise the Lord. Come on, praise the Lord. Let
got to speak to yourself and tell yourself to praise the Lord. Amen. That's what the psalmist David did all the time. He said, praise the Lord. Wake yourself up. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Let everything praise the Lord. My God is alive. Why would I keep it inside? Why would I keep it inside? And that's the fun thing about coming together in these spaces where we worship and we praise and we hear the word and we gather together is that we can let all this joy, we can let it out. We can let it out. And sometimes, but it's not just that, we can let out all the, the anxiety of the weekend, just let it out. All the frustration we had through the week, let it out. Get it out, sometimes you just gotta shout, sometimes you just gotta get it out of your body physically and get it into the room. And I believe that when we do that together, we begin to praise the Lord. We begin to kind of center ourselves, not on our emotions and our feelings and on, the, on what the stat sheet says, how we did this week, but we center it on Christ, the solid rock we stand. We start to become more centered on what our hope and what our life is really, really about. And God, I thank you for this moment today. Thank you for this moment today that we get to come we get to gather freely. Thank you, may we never take that for granted, that we get to gather freely. Without harm or danger, we get to gather here freely. We're grateful for that. And we're thankful for the very breath that you put in our lungs. So God, why would we keep it inside? I pray that you give us the courage today to let it out, to let it out of our bodies, let it out of our soul, let it out of our spirit that we would praise ye the Lord today. And I pray that as we do, that we would find you to be the same constant solid rock that you've always been, our North Star, our cornerstone. So Father, in this moment, we reposition ourselves. We step off the throne of our lives that we naturally kind of fall into and we say, God, this is your life. This is, we have been bought with a price. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to build our life on this solid rock today. 
Lord, and I pray for everyone that gathers, whether they're watching online or watching at one of the other venues, Lord, that they would be encouraged to praise the Lord today, and that as they do, they would experience the goodness and the greatness of their God. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to be together. May we never take it for granted. And in the mighty name of Jesus, all of God's people said and shouted, amen and amen. Come on, praise ye the Lord.
God, we put our trust in you and in you alone. Our confidence is in you. We love you and we bless your name. All cathedral family, God is good. And all the time. So good to see you, whether you're watching online, one of our sites, those who are here on site, in the building, out in the amphitheater, the drive-in. So glad that you're here on this very special weekend. As we come to the Lord's table today, we come to the table of freedom. This is a weekend as a country, we celebrate the freedom that we have as Americans and as believers, we get a double blessing because we come also to celebrate the freedom that we have in Christ, amen. Jesus said that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. We come to the table today. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for giving your life so that we could have freedom. And I pray that as we eat and drink today, that we would eat and drink of that freedom that's available in you. Freedom from the habits that have, are holding us back. Freedom from the anxiety that's keeping us down. Lord, freedom from everything that is keeping us to, from being the very best version of ourselves. Today we take hold of the freedom that we find in you, let's eat of the bread of Christ and the freedom that he offers. Let's drink of the cup of Christ and as you do, drink in the freedom. Thank you, Lord. We receive it. We receive that freedom today. Thank you, Lord. And now I invite you to say the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. It's the most important prayer we'll ever pray. Let's say it out loud together and mean it with all your heart. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I'm feeling free. Say that with me. I'm, oh, say it like you mean it. I'm feeling free before you're seated. Look at somebody and tell them, we're feeling free today, amen. Good morning, Cathedral family. So happy that we're able to come together yet another week here at Cathedral, whether online or on campus. 
Well, if you are a first-time visitor, please pick up that card that you see in front of your seat. Scan the QR code. There you can find ways on how to stay connected, on giving, or how to get involved here at Cathedral. We will love to stay connected with you. Saturday, July 15th, come and stand firm on your family's breakthrough at our Centerpiece Marriage and Family Prayer Breakfast. Let's worship and pray for God to work in and through them as a family. Get ready for a wholesome breakfast and a time to be made whole. Space is limited, so sign up now. Visit our kiosk in the lobby after service. Wait, that's not all. If you are ready to take stand on your marriage and all that God has for you, come to Ignite Silicon Valley Marriage Comfort September the 22nd and 23rd. One seemingly insignificant spark has the potential to ignite something powerful. We believe this event can transform your marriage and position you for a future of relationship success. To sign up, visit our kiosk in the lobby after service. Do you want to learn why and how to create multiple financial resources for the kingdom? Life Search will be happening Saturday, September the 9th here at Cathedral. Gather the thousands of Christians from a life-changing moment, featuring guest speakers including Tim Tebow, Nick Vujicic, and many, many more. We cannot wait to see you at this event. Well, Cathedral, that wraps up our announcements for today. Follow us on all of our social media platforms, check out our website, and download our app for the latest and greatest happening here at Cathedral. We are a church where anything is possible, and the loved is definitely lived out. Until next time, bye.
Robert. Well, I want to give a shout out to everybody yesterday who came to be part of, part of our Stars and Strides race. It was a great day here as we worked out. We had people in our church family who set records. We had people in our church family who placed. It was a powerful day. And I just want to give a shout out to Carl Gardino, one of our fa church family members who organized it. Shout out to Ramel for training us for weeks. We actually had Isaiah and Jeremiah, not like the biblical prophets, but Isaiah and Jeremiah were manning the booth yesterday. It was a great day and just so grateful for everybody. You know, out of all the businesses and groups and teams in the Bay Area, we were number two in the amount there. So we're hoping next year you'll help us be number one. And here with us today is one of our runners who also loves us so much, he's celebrating his 40th wedding anniversary with his day, Pastor Ken. Oh, <laughs> Thanks, Dr. Wayne. We had a great time. Dr. Wayne uh, dressed up like Abraham Lincoln, and it was classic. And I, I was reading something when Abraham Lincoln was handed a Bible in Baltimore by an African-American. This is what he said about the Bible. He said, in regard to this great book, I have but to say it is the best gift God has given to man. All the good the Savior gave to the world was communicated through this book. But for it, we could not know right from wrong. All things most desirable for man's welfare here and hereafter are to be found portrayed in it. Can we give God praise for the word and for the rich heritage we have in this country? Amen. Yeah, this church is amazing. We were out there running, and the, the cause we were running for was to help make sure that, uh, that everybody has access to good health care. And so it was another way uh, we're making a difference and reaching out uh, to those in our community. So thank you for being a part of that. 
Thank you for how you give week after week. There's so many ways you can give on the app, online, text, on the way out you can give. But thank you so much for your faithfulness, especially during the summer months. And today, what a blessing it is. Here at Cathedral, we celebrate families serving together. And Bishop E.C. Wilson is going to kick off our new series today, Summertime Psalms. But before we do that, his son Irvin is coming to speak about the, sing about the promise of God that's sure. Would you give Irvin a great big welcome as he comes? God, we praise your name today. We give honor to what is due. You are our promise. You are our God. If you know what's simple, it's the church. I'm not gonna wait, wait for the walls to fall. And I know a name that will bring them down. Cause I've got a praise that's stirring within my soul. And I'm not ashamed. Church. 
Well, good morning, Cathedral of Faith. It is so good to see you this morning. How great is our God and how greatly is he to be praised. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. We serve a God who will never fail because of his promised word to us. I am so thrilled this morning. Where's Pastor Ken? Thank God that he brought Pastor Ken back slavery to us. Let's give God praise for our pastor. He's somewhere, he's somewhere. I am so glad that my wife is back on her feet. Uh, she's going to uh, do my benediction. She did it before the service this morning. I'll tell you about it a little bit later. Uh, but God is so good to us. And the goodness of God compels us, draws us to a place to remind us that he is involved in every detail of our lives. You've got to see it that way because oftentimes circumstances, situations arise and we think God has abandoned himself from the details of your situation. If God would have abandoned himself from the details of your life, you and I would not be sitting here or standing here this morning. God is in the details. So if you're able to stand, stand with me right now. I want you to read what's up on the screens. Very, very powerful introduction to this psalm. Psalm number 139. I believe that as we echo the word of God out loud, something happens when you say the word of God with your lips. I do believe that the Holy Spirit takes the word of God, permeates the atmosphere, and his word will never return void. Ready? Read. Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Let's pray. Father, God, I pray that you would take this frail, flawed, broken piece of clay and speak your word to these, your people. Let your word, God, not return void as we depend upon you, Holy Spirit, to do what only you can take credit for. And we give you the praise for it now in the holy and high name of Jesus, who is our Christ, and the people of God said amen. amen. Now, before you see it, turn to the person to your left and say, God is in the details. All right, turn to the other person and say, God is in the details. Thank you so much. God bless you. You may be seated. You may be seated. Millions around the world watched as the coffin of Queen Elizabeth II was carried into Westminster Abbey while royal choirs solemnly sang, O oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. They sang all 24 verses of Psalm 139 with the words printed in the program. At her request, Psalm 139 was also read to commemorate her 90th birthday. Queen Elizabeth II apparently believed she had been appointed from the womb 
for a life of service, and it was her harsh desire to be defined by the words of this incredible song. Written by another monarch, King David, it is with great joy that I say to you this morning that Psalm 139 isn't just for monarchs. It's a personal passage given to every child of God to remind you that you are royalty, you are valued, your worth is in God because he loves you in a way that nobody else can. He says this is not just for kings, but he says now you are a royal priesthood, you are a chosen generation, and I am involved in every detail of your life. It's not time to quit. It's not time to give up. It's time to realize that God is in the details. Somebody ought to say it, God is in the details. You will not prevail, Satan, over me, because God is in the details. There's something special about reminding yourself of that reality. And here this morning, our lives can be defined either by lies and labels or Psalm 139. You see, the devil has lied to too many people. And people have bought into the lies that they have heard and it has led them down a path of depression, anxiety, worry, fear, doubt, unbelief, chaos, violence, the list goes on because people have forgotten that God is in the details and when you hear the enemy speaking a word into your ear, you need to remind him, God is in the details. You won't prevail over me. I won't believe your lie. I don't accept your label because God has labeled me his child. I am his child. I am his chosen. God is involved in every detail of my life. When you live like that, you come to understand that God dives into the details of your life to remind you that your value and your worth is in him. Not in what the critics say, not in what the doubters say, not in what the prognosticators say, not in what those who don't believe in you say. You need to believe what God says. God has already declared in his word that you are victorious, you are triumphant, and if you live that way, every day you wake up, you can understand that God is in the details. You might have a day of loneliness, but you will never be alone because God is in the details. The truths of Psalm 139 help us to develop a God is in control lifestyle, reminding us that God governs the large and small details of our lives. According to Psalm 139, God's omnipotent, uh, listen, listen carefully now, God's omniscience knows all about us. And I want to pause there for a moment. You and I serve a God who knows everything about us and he still loves us. Did you hear what I just said? 
God knows everything about you and about me, and he still loves me. He heard when I disobeyed my mama, I should have listened to her, or I wouldn't have gotten in trouble, but God was in the details. He spanked my behind and told me, boy, listen to your mama. Your mama has lived longer than you. You need to listen to your mama. She knows what she's talking about. I'm in the details. Now, I'm going to spank your behind a little bit, but I'm going to remind you I have not thrown you away. I have not cast you away. I've got a work for you to do. I am involved in all the details of your life. When you turn right, I was in the details. When you went left, I was in the details. When you fell down, I was in the details. When you got up, I was in the details. God's omniscience knows all about us. And yet he still loves us. Not only does his omniscience know all about us, but his omnipresence, watch this, encircles us. Do you realize that you have angels? Those angels was there when my wife slipped and fell. She thought I didn't know about it because I didn't see it. I told her, I said, look, girl, you need to slow down. You are not in Jamaica. You're in America. You got to pick up your feet. I love you. Thank God he's in the details, right? But the angels were there to catch her. She didn't break a leg because God was in the details. She's asking me now, how did I find out about that? You know, things have a way of getting to people, right? God, his omniscience encircles you. He's all around you. You got to remember that when you're going through the tough times, the difficult times, things that you don't understand, you are encircled by a God who will not allow anything to penetrate his circle around you. He has built a hedge around you, beloved, and you need to depend on the angels that he has dispatched round about you to guard you and to protect you all the days of your life. His omniscience knows all about us, verses 1 through 6. His omnipresence encircles us, verses 7 through 12. His omnipotence keeps us, verses 13 through 18. His righteousness saves us, verses 19 through 24. Now, I want to pause here, and I need you to say these words with me or after me. It's high time. Come on, say it like a minute. It's high time. For Psalm 139. Let me start over here. Uh, uh, Pastor, Pastor Mike, help me out. It's high time for Psalm 139. All right, let me go. It's high time for Psalm 139. Now, my wife ought to be able to shout louder than anybody else in the room. It's high time for Psalm 139. All right, here's my next point. I want to give you these four dynamics of Psalm 139 that's connected with a scripture that interprets the verse that has to do with our being and is found in the book of Acts chapter 17 verse 28. It says this, for in him we live and move and have our being. Listen, in him we live and move and have our being. So here's what the psalmist does as he connects that interpretation to this verse. In verse 13, he reminds us of the fact of our being, 
the fact of our being. He says this, for you formed me in my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. He reveals to us the fact of our being. Beloved, before you were even born, God had a plan for your life. And don't you believe the devil when he tries to lie to you and a circumstance comes up and he tries to say it's over. No, no, no. It's not over. You're going over because God is in the details. He's going to take you through. He's going to bring you over. He's going to bring you out because God is in the details. David reminds us of the fact of our being. And then, and then secondly, he reminds us of the fashion of our being. My wife was looking like a fashionista last night. She claimed she went to Macy's. I think she went somewhere else. <laughs> David, David tells, up, tells us about the fact of our being in verse 13, and then the fashion of our being in verse 14. Listen to what he says. He says, I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul, the real me, knows right well. You might not be Billy D. You might not be, what is it, Beyonce? All these people that we think are fine and, and looking good and ought to be in Hollywood. Listen, God made you the way that you are, and God made you beautiful. God made you wholesome. God made you complete. There's nobody like you. Stop comparing yourself to everybody. There's nobody in the world like you. You are God's chosen. You are royalty. You are his favorite child. Every child of God is God's favorite child. See yourself the way God sees you, not the way the media says, not the way those who don't like you. You know, when people don't like you, you know what they do? Where I'm from? They call you out your name. Boba Head. I won't say no more, but. Yeah. And see, that's the lie that the devil tells you when you don't understand that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That word fearfully means reverently. God took time before you were in your mother's womb and he charted out a path that only you can travel and that path was to be connected with him. He wanted you to understand that he's in every detail of your life. And so David says, he reminds us of the fact of our being, the fashion of our being. And number three, watch this, he reminds us of the frame of our being. Verse 15, he says this, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. Listen to me, beloved. When God laid his eyes on you, he never took his eyes off you. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You'll you get it in a minute. When God laid his eyes on you, he never took his eyes off of you. Every breath you breathe is a reminder that God has his eye on you. Every step you take is a reminder that God has his eye on you. He's looking out for you. He's looking around you. He's looking behind you. He's looking beside you. God has his eye on you. And when God has his eye on you, it doesn't matter who else is looking. It doesn't matter 
who else is not looking. God has his eye on you and on me to remind you that God is in the details. David tells us the fact of our being in verse 13, the fashion of our being in verse 14, the frame of our being in verse 15, and then the future of our being in verse 16. Here's what he says. He says, in your book, they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there was none of them. Before you open your eyes to, these, to see the sunshine of a brand new day, God had his plan laid out for you. And here you sit on the weekend of the 4th of July, looking pretty, standing tall, looking good, looking fine, looking foxy, because you are fashioned by God. You are created by God. There's nobody like you. There's nobody shaped like you. There's nobody who walks like you. There's nobody who talks like you. God. God is eye on you to remind you that he is in the details. David reminds us of the fact of our being in verse 13, the fashion of our being in verse 14, the frame of our being in verse 15, and the future. Listen, the future, I want to hang out there for just a moment. The future of our being. Do you realize that your future has in store for you a brand new body, like on the Jesus' body. Sometimes we forget. Oh, I'm getting old. Oh, I'm getting, I can't get up like I used to. I got to go home and take a nap. I got to go home and take a siesta. I need a break. You need more than a break. You need to be reminded that God is in the details. He's going to get you up again. He's going to get you moving again. He's moving you to a brand new body. Anybody remember when you were 33 years old? I remember five sets of tennis. Nobody could beat me. My boy's waiting to get me back on the court now. I need some help. Pastor O'Mell is trying to get me back in tennis shape so I can get back on the court. But I remember those days. Ah, five sets. Now I can't even play one set. I got to get back in shape. But I'm on my way to a brand new body. When Jesus died, he was 33 and a half years old. You might get a little Dunlap. You might not be able to get up like you used to. You might have a little bit of arthritis. You might have a little pain in your neck, but I serve a God. He's going to give you a brand new neck, a brand new body, a brand new midsection, brand new feet, a brand new shake your rope to the funk. He's going to give you a whole brand new body. Why? Because God is in the details. He's fixing it for you. He's got to fix right now. The question is, are you going to allow the future of God to be realized in you right now? That's the question. Are you going to allow today before you walk out of this building to have this future that God has planned for you in your thought process before you leave today. Now, I'm going to get to my clothes, but here's the way I want to get to it. Let me suggest to you four ways of transforming the psalmist's lyrics into a lifestyle. Four ways. We gave you four dynamics of your being. 
Now let's apply this. Let's put some application to what David gives us here in Psalm 139. If you're going to live a Psalm 139 lifestyle, four things you ought to do, and I know you can do it. Here's the first one. The first one, know him. Know him. Know him. Not just about him. See, there are a lot of people who know about him. And we get phone calls all the time. Oh, I thought so-and-so was a Christian. Yeah. They knew about him. But something different happens when you know him. Paul says, oh, that I may know him. In the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his suffering. You see, when you know the one who will never leave you, when you know the one who will never condemn you, when you know the one who will never leave you alone, when you know the one who has a plan that the enemy cannot derail, when you know him, beloved, it doesn't matter what anybody else says. I believe what he says. And when you know him, beloved, nobody, I heard somebody say, I know too much about him. You can't make me doubt him. I've been walking with him this long. He has not left me. He has not failed me. I want to know him. I want to know him more than I ever have before. He's so easy to adore. Lord, I want to know you more. Know him. That's number one. Know him. Know him. Know him. Know him. And as you get to know him, remember where your relationship with him started in your mother's womb. Remember how he made you woven beautifully together in the dark recesses of mama's womb. Remember the one who began his good work in you. He's carrying it on. He's performing it. And he's going to complete it until the day of the coming of Jesus Christ. Know him. And then secondly, beloved, trust him. How many people have you ran into in life and they said, just trust me. And then when you got in trouble, trust you. Beloved, you've got to trust the one who's got your back. You got to trust the one who's going to be there when you stumble. You got to trust the one who's going to pick you back up again. You got to trust the one that you cannot see because what you see is temporal. God is a spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. David said, if I ascend into the heavens, God, you are there. If I descend into the lowest parts of the earth, God, you're there. If I go to the east or the west, God, you're there. You're surrounded, Belleville. You need to understand that the God who loves you says, get to know me and then trust me trust me because I know you trust me because I encircle you trust me because I keep you there's nothing left to do but to trust him know him thank him trust him and then ask him you know, we're asking a whole lot of other folk what we ought to be asking Jesus. It's good to have friends that you know you can call and talk to. My wife was telling me on the way back. Sometimes I have a moment I just need somebody to talk to. But the one who knows you best is waiting for you to ask him. The one who's longing and waiting to hear from you, he says, I want you to understand now, it takes courage to pray these last two verses. Watch what it says. 
The last two verses, this is what the queen said in my introduction. The last two verses of Psalm 139, it reads like this. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in your everlasting way. Now, I want you to pause and listen to me very carefully here as I get ready to wrap this. The word wicked in this verse is the Hebrew word that means those who are separated from God. The wicked, the Bible says, are not so. The wicked will not be with God. But every person who is in Christ will avoid being lost with the wicked. Now, I know somebody might have called you wicked, but you can't believe what they say. You got to believe what God says. You know, so-and-so, she's like the wicked witch of the East or the West or wherever. She's so mean. Every time she turns, she's just mean. She's meaner than a junkyard dog. Well, yeah. God, here's what I'm praying. Search me. You see, true faith is not true faith until it's tested. It's not going to turn into gold until it's tested and tried. God, listen to the verses again now. Search me. Lord, put your searchlight in on me. Not him, not her, me. Not my son, not my daughter, not my wife, me. Search me. Search me and know my heart. He already knows. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked, selfish, carnal way in me. Because when I lay myself out before God and allow him to operate on me, he takes all that stuff out and he replaces it with his character. Joy, love, peace, long-suffering. The list goes on. All those nine characteristics. See, God is never going to take something out that he doesn't put something better in. And that's where you've got to get it, beloved. When he takes something out, let him have it. Let it go because he's got something better. God is at the details. Let him take it out. Let him operate. You see, you serve a God who cuts going in and he heals coming out. I said he cuts going in. This body's been cut on I don't know how many times. I know Roy Mel got tired of listening to me. Well, this bone, that broken, this, that. He cuts going in, but he heals coming out. Now here's where I put a wrap on this. David is saying, I want you to get this now. Earlier, I asked you to say this. It's high time for Psalm 139. Say it again. It's high time for Psalm 139. Now make it personal. Say, it's my time for Psalm 139. Come on, say it again. It's my time for Psalm 139. I said it's my time. For Psalm 139, it makes me want to dance. It makes me want to shout. I feel like running. I feel like clapping. I feel like shouting because it's my time. I don't know about nobody else. It's my time.
Everybody standing, please, everybody standing. All the time. Pastor Ken, I love you so much. Here's the way I close this. The first two words of verse one and the last six words of verse 24. The first two words of verse one and the last six words of verse 24. Here's what it says, connected together. Oh Lord, lead me in your everlasting way. Oh Lord, first two words in the first verse. The last six words in the last verse. Oh Lord, lead me in your everlasting way. See, David identified with this because he remembered when he was in trouble. He remembered when he took a wrong turn. He remembered when the baby died and, he, and the baby didn't make it. He remembered when his son rebelled against him. He remembered when they came after him to destroy him. He remembered when he felt so wretched. He said, God, don't take your joy from me. God, don't take your spirit from me. God, lead me in your everlasting way. It's not just an everlasting way. It's an ever-loving way. It's an ever-living way. It's an ever-living way. It's an ever-loving way. God is in the details. And when you pray, oh Lord, lead me in your everlasting way. That's not a corner that you can turn that he hasn't already gone before you. If you fall out of the sky, he'll be there. And even if you hit the ground, his angels will be there. If that's how you breathe your last breath, you won't breathe your last breath alone. Why? Because God is in the details. God is in the details. God is in the details. If you're here this morning and you want to be concluded in my closing prayer, today is a day of freedom. Today we celebrate freedom. We gave you the interpretative connecting verse in Acts chapter 17, in him we live and move and have our being. Now, if you want to step over this morning into that everlasting way, knowing that he's got every detail of your life covered, not for those of you who already know Christ, but if you don't know him and you want to begin today in that everlasting way, that ever-loving way that will never let you go, We'll never condemn you. We'll never judge you. I want you to slip up your right hand. First time, I want Jesus. Jesus, I want to live in, yes. Oh, God. Yes. Yes, yes. Je yes, Jesus, I want you and your everlasting. Yes. Yes, yes. Yes, first time. Jesus, I want to take that step. This, yes, yes. Yes, yes. Yes. My God. Yes. 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 Yes, 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 
Yes. Yes. First time. Yes. 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 All the way in the back. Yes. Yes. My God. Yes. Pastor Ken, would you please join me here at the podium? Pastor Ken, would you please join me here at the podium? There's a verse that reminds us that when you come to Jesus Christ, you need to be under pastoral authority. You need to be in a place where you can be discipled, taught, trained, supported, encouraged, built. I believe that we have the most courageous pastor on this planet. Listen to me. I'm not into flattery. I'm telling you what I know. This man and his brother are two of the most courageous people I know. I know it because God is in the details. I know it because God speaks to them week in and week out. I know it. I'm not guessing about it. I know it. You need to be under pastoral authority. And every one of you who raised your hand, you need to come to Cathedral of Faith, find a home where you can grow in grace and in the knowledge of your Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And this is where I want to give the benediction. The reason why I want a pastor here with me. Remember when I told you my wife was going to give the benediction? I want God to keep her from falling. Now unto him who is able Amen. to keep you from falling. It's in the Bible, Jude. And present you faultless with exceeding great joy to the only wise God. Be dominion, majesty, power and glory both now and forever the lord bless you the lord keep you yes the lord lift his face upon you yes. may god be gracious to you and give you his peace Amen. why because god is in the details beloved Amen. you go with god because god goes with you let's give god praise on the way home